This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 358, What If? Tales from the Bible. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hey everyone, it's me, Ben, Ben Avery. I'm one of the Strangers and Aliens here to talk about some science fiction, fantasy, Christianity, and spirituality. And I'm here with my friend, your friend, there's Evan David sitting right over there to my right. What's up? And over here to my left, Steve McDonald. Hey everybody, it's me. And together, we're Strangers and Aliens. We're like... With uh, our powers combined. <laughs> it's the Captain Planet of podcasting, right? Is that Captain Planet that you were referring to? Yes, that is. Okay. Yep. All right. Sure I never really watched that. It was a little bit young for me when it was on. Yeah, I didn't. I was not a. But I was absolutely aware of it. Yeah, yeah I so watched it. Had the action figure. <laughs> did not figure. Yeah. Yes. That was a boring <laughs> action figure line because it was just kids and him. There was a there was a bad guy. Uh, my uncles or somebody at my grandparents' house had one of the bad guys' figures. So, and was there like a, a Captain Moon and a Captain Other Planets? No, that's say that's Sailor Moon. You're thinking of. <laughs> so Captain <laughs> Planet was different than a, there's no Sailor Earth. I don't know if there's a Sailor Earth actually. I did watch Sailor Moon because it was on when I was a kid, but uh, okay. <laughs> I never, never got to a Sailor Earth, so I don't know. Okay. Okay. So Captain <laughs> Planet, not Sailor Earth, but you don't know if there is one or not. Yep. 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 I'm just going to make a note of that. All right. I think, okay. we'll, I think we'll move on. You make that note and we'll, <laughs> we'll move on to our actual topic, which is what if? And so what is a what if? Well... Uh, if you're familiar with comic books and you're familiar with the concept of the what if, because what ifs are some really fun storytelling devices that are used by Marvel Comics and DC does the same kind of thing, but calls it something different where they just take a story that, you know, really well from the comics. And then they usually they just turn one element on its head and then let it play out mm-hmm. and and just they have some fun with it. And, and it, it creates a whole new aspect of the story. It, it usually, usually it keeps like some of the core values of like the character, but like, what if uh Spider-Man, 
what if Peter Parker didn't get bit by the spider, you know, or what if the Fantastic Four let him in to be a part of the team and it turned into the Fantastic Five, you know, it's, it's those kind of things. So, um, Marvel and uh, Disney are actually doing a, what if television show for Disney plus that will, uh, be tied into all of the Marvel cinematic universe movies. And so that, that'll be really interesting because they're actually bringing back like the cast from the movies to play the parts that they played. Uh, Chadwick, uh, I can never Bozeman Bozeman. He, that, that'll be his final performance as black Panther. He actually recorded an episode of this. What if animated series and, and that'll be, uh, we'll, we'll get one more performance from him about that. But, and is this going to be something that's going to open up multiverse things that they're talking about? I don't think so, but it might tie into that depending on how that, how that all plays out. Uh, the idea is it really is uh, Uatu the Watcher, who's one of those bald-headed alien guys mm-hmm. uh, from the comics and from – they're actually part of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You, we saw them. But they, he's going to be talking about, I watch things, and here's, I guess, I, maybe it is going to be a multiverse kind of thing that they're using with this. But he's going to talk about, well, what if this happened? Let's watch. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's what a what if is, and there's some fun ones out there. Like you guys, what what are some of your favorite what ifs that you've read? Or in DC, it's Elseworlds. Uh, they're also mm-hmm. there's a what's the current phrase they're using in DC? Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Oh, so it is multiverse. Okay. <laughs> yes. Tales from the and Dark. actually, the Tales from the Dark Multiverse, which is the current series that they have going, is pretty great because it. Like before, when you had Elseworlds, like it would be like it wouldn't be necessarily like a Marvel What If, because Marvel What If goes and it takes specific issues of existing continuity comics, and it's like, okay, what if this one thing changed in that issue? How would it spell out for the future? But a lot of the DC Elseworlds, they'd change like Superman's origin point. They did that a billion times, and Batman's origin point. They did that a billion times, and or what if Batman was set in you know the 1700s as a pirate, right. you know st- stuff like that. But this new Dark Multiverse series is just straight up doing the what if, and they even have okay. they even have the like uh, the t- out of time guy doing the framing of it, and get, just like a Watu does, and so. Um, yeah, so they did one like uh, they did Infinite Crisis, they did Death of Superman, they did Batman Nightfall, and they change a thing. And the only uh, and they did a Judas Contract with the Teen Titans. The only thing with these is they all end horribly because <laughs> they're from, their, they're dark from the dark multiverse. Yes, yeah. so, like this is what would have happened if things went horribly wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've only got one of those, and that's the Flashpoint one. And that really is just so I could have it as part of my Flashpoint um, section of my shelf. Because I, I really enjoyed that Flashpoint series, which it's, in itself, Flashpoint was kind of a a what-if Elseworlds yeah. kind of a thing. But um, one of my favorite Elseworlds that DC did was where they kind of played with the idea of – it was called um, – oh, I think it was called Superman Last Son of Earth – where Clark Kent, as a child, as a baby from Earth, was shot into space to save his life and lands on Krypton. <laughs> and 
and he's found by Cal El and his wife, or not Cal El, uh, Jor El and his wife, and they have to take care of him and they raise him and they actually give him an exoskeleton uh, suit to allow him to function in the gravity of Krypton. But he ends up finding a Green Lantern ring. And so he actually ends up being a, gr- a Green Lantern, which allows him to be able to function a lot better and become a hero on Krypton. And See, it, as, as much as that story is, is probably good, and I'm not trying to take away from it, it sort of takes like multiple steps into the what if verse. Oh, absolutely right? it does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, I like it. It's a lot of fun. It's not just a one tweak thing. You know? no, right. No. Yeah. And then the other thing is uh, Earth isn't actually destroyed. So in a sequel follow-up, he goes back to Earth and and helps with some stuff that's going on there. And it's it's fun. It's yeah. Steve Gerber, uh, the writer of mm-hmm. and creator of Howard the Duck. And Howard the Duck, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a favorite writer of mine, and that's what I was uh I was hip to that because of him. But I really enjoy it. They do it. a lot of fu- they do a lot of fun ones with Superman, and pretty much all they ever change is his rocket where does it land where does it land? Did, yeah. yes it where oh they did one what if it lands on apocalypse and he's raised by dark side what if yeah. he it lands uh, my one of my favorite ones is what if he lands in the jungles of india and is mowgli <laughs> and he was also tarzan once too yes he was also tarzan once and then there's uh the Waynes. he became didn't he become super like a super yes. batman mm-hmm. one yep yep the Waynes find him instead of the, the kents um there's one where uh there's a couple ones where jor-el goes in the rocket so there's one where jor-el goes in the rocket and he lands on earth in 1776 and assists the british and hangs all the founding fathers <laughs> of the united states <laughs> that's horrible yes it's it, it disturbed me greatly as a child and then there's another one where Jarrell manages to convince the science council and every all the kryptonians leave krypton and go to that's earth interesting. and take it over uh, and then on the marvel side a lot of the ones that I re- I remember are Spider-Man related, where you have Spider-Man who decides to go into show business and, uh-huh. <laughs> and actually sticks with it instead of becoming a crime fighter. And a lot of times these Marvel what ifs, they have permission to end darkly and they do. But there's always not always but a lot of times there's there's this kind of bright spot where things the change makes it dark. And then the character's innate character comes out mm-hmm. and, and, and brings it back around, you know? And, yep. and so that it's a lot of fun. There's one where, uh, what if Conan came to the, uh, the present day Yeah, and yep. which is something they've, they've gone and done now that, uh, Marvel has re had the, the, the Conan franchise has returned to Marvel. And so they actually have uh, Conan as an Avenger, <laughs> And, yeah, it's kind um, of. But in weird. in this, it's it's kind of fun where he's just getting along in the you know, eighties New York kind of thing, and um, yeah, yeah. The old series is is where I came into it. You know, when I was just collecting, uh, you know, comic books as a kid, and for me, it it was it was one of those things where when I read it, I I felt different you know it's like i felt like i read something 
almost like I shouldn't have, not like it was, you know, nasty or something, you know, disgusting or it, but it, it was almost like I had this knowledge that I wasn't supposed to have. And, and for a long time, it was hard for me to read. I, I think even nowadays, you know, it's, it, I think some of the, some of the times where I'm, I'm trying to read a modern comic book, I, I picked up some fantastic four comic books and I was reading them. And I'm like, why do I feel weird? And then I realized that in the ultimate universe, which I know almost nothing about, <laughs> and it's, and, but it's like slightly different little things were different. And I'm like, that's what I'm picking up on. It's, I feel almost like it's as if it's knowledge that I shouldn't have, you know, and, but in the bigger sense of it, it shows you something about the character that they can't do or, you know, they didn't think they could do in the regular series. You know, to show a different aspect of that character, or to show, uh, you know, something deeper that that for whatever reason, um, you know, you weren't getting. And and one of the first ones that I remember was uh, the what if Phoenix survived, and this was before Phoenix came back. Jean Grey was still dead. Spoilers, I guess we should put the spoiler up there because you know it happened forty five years ago, but. <laughs> But you know, Jean Grey was was dead, and and people didn't come back from the dead as you know in, in any type of huge way that that they do now. I mean, now it, it's just ridiculous. But um, so you had this issue where where Jean Grey was able to to have her you know that part of her brain taken away or they thought it, it was and the interesting thing is it was before they really developed the phoenix into what the phoenix has become so they just figured it was you know a power that she had and they were just taking that power away and then you know i don't want to ruin the actual comic book just to, no let's ruin know, it because if i remember correctly this this has an <laughs> audacious ending if i remember correctly there is one of them that has to deal with Phoenix where she just ends up, it ends with her destroying the universe. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was wow, pretty dark. And there was another one, I think it was a backup story where it starts out and a universe has been destroyed. And I think it might've been like a sequel to that one. And, and it was like the multiverse was destroyed. And the only things that were left was, I think, uh, Dr. Strange, Silver Surfer, and a phoenix from one of the other universes who was able to survive or something like that or, or something i forget exactly what it was i probably should have looked at that one before the, we actually started recording but it was interesting because you know of all the the people that could have survived you know these were the only ones that did and they had like it was more of like a discussion amongst them about you know what the whole deal was and then you know, they went on their on their ways to sort of try to reestablish the the multiverse, and it was just sort of left at that. Um, but it was just sort of like one of those weird types of things where, as a kid, you know, it it just it felt weird to me. But I, I maybe other people don't have that experience. Yeah, it never felt know. weird to me. <laughs> I I always just really appreciated it, especially when it was able to say, okay here's this character. It's the same person you already know. And so you have a, you have knowledge, but at the same time, it's its own story. And so it builds on something that you may not have read before, but it gives you a nice little recap. 
and says, hey, here's what happened in our universe. And there's two pages of <laughs> explaining, you know, this this or that story arc. But now this is what's going to happen. And so I, I appreciate like what you're saying, Steve, where they were able to explore the character in a way that they couldn't in regular continuity. I also really appreciated that most of them are done in one. And it's a yeah, yeah. you sit down, read the book, and and then it's done, and you get a beginning, a middle, and end. And yes, you may get a continuation, like the Conan story that I was talking about got a sequel. And and that that's cool and all, but you know, it's not like you have to read five dozen issues to get the whole story, and and maybe you won't even because it might get canceled, you know, or something yeah. like that. And so I that's one of the things I really like about what ifs. It also, it's just it's a it's you're looking at a character you already know you're seeing that character in a different light. And you're also generally speaking, getting this complete story that to me, that's very satisfying. And so I, that's one of a lot of the reasons why I like them. Also they they tend to be really creative and they can go off the rails and be audacious and just get crazy because it's not tied into any of the regular continuity and they don't have to worry about destroying the world because what's going to happen in the Avengers series, you know, right, if the world is right. destroyed, well, it doesn't right. matter. This is one story. It's tight. It's right here. So, um, and they made it a, like a double sized book. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. they, they, it, it was always like a nice big, like 40 pages. So you felt like you, you were getting like, like two and a half at the time, like two, two yeah, and a yeah. half issues of, of a comic. Um, they told you just that one story. And they also crammed a lot of story into those pages. Yeah. They move around at a nice, fast clip. Uh, the DC Elseworld stories tended to be prestige format. So it wasn't the stapled format. It had a spine. Right. Even though it was probably about 48 pages, maybe 64. Yeah, it was a, it was a tiny spine. Yeah, yeah, very thin. <laughs> <laughs> but it was solid. It had a cardstock cover and tended to be something that you're, you're holding and you say, I, I could put this on my shelf. Yeah. You know, it, it, this could be on my bookshelf. And uh, in fact, the the Flashpoint one, I think that they're 96 pages, these uh, multiverse, dark multiverse. But they're uh, very, very thin. <laughs> but they have the spine. They have very, very tiny letters along yeah. the spine. Mm -hmm. So it still has a, a title that you can see from your shelf. But, okay, so... Anything else before we move on to the actual topic about these what ifs and Elseworlds, maybe a favorite one or two that you'd like to just talk about before we move on? Well, Steve, I do. I do feel I do know what you mean a little bit about the feeling weird about it, because like I was saying with the uh, the Revolutionary War one where they just show all the founding fathers being hanged. It's like, yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I shouldn't have read that, you know, <laughs> it just, it just, that, that freaked me out as a kid. I'm like this, everything I know is a lie in this universe. <laughs> and of course it all ends well because then later he has Superman as his son and he leads the revolution against the new Kryptonian British empire. But anyway, so, but yeah, in, in like the flashpoint, these are characters, you know, and love, and they're all twisted and horrible you know, and so I do I do understand a little bit of what uh, you're saying there. Uh, other than the ones we mentioned, uh, you know, I like Kingdom Come and Red Sun mm, from Kingdom DC. Come, yeah. Those are good. Um, 
it's 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 interesting because some of these are like, are they really a what if, or is it just another Earth in the multiverse? Right. You know, like I really love uh, uh, Superman's secret identity, but that really doesn't have anything to do with any of the DC Comics characters. Hmm. So. Well, the, the, I think the interesting thing about the one of the ones that I mentioned before, what if Phoenix had not died, was later on you get an actual comic book called Phoenix. It's a one shot, and it was the actual creators of that story. I think I'm not sure if I, I, don't, I don't think they were they were involved in the what if uh, issue. A lot of but, times they were though. Yeah, a lot I know, of times they was, did that get the really that cool. the creative team that was working on the book. Uh, yeah. So they they got um, Frank Miller to do the what if with with Daredevil. Daredevil is rejoined Shield. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Think- but with with Phoenix, I think they talked with John Byrne and Chris Claremont because some of the elements were still in that story. But when John Byrne and uh, Chris Claremont went back and redid their version of what x-men 137 was going to be it was like another version of what if phoenix hadn't died so it was like you got two of them one was a what if one was actual their version of what would have happened had not jim shooter stepped in and said hey no she you know destroyed a sun that killed a planet with millions of intelligent beings on it she needs to pay the price for it and then that's that's where she went away the first time. So, um, you know, that one, really interesting. And and one that, I mean, if you don't mention it, then people are going to mention it. But what if number 34, where it was the comedy issue, and it was like, what if Wonder Woman, what if Wonder Man was a woman? <laughs> but it was like, you know, it, it was like Wonder Woman wearing Wonder Man's costume you know, it was, and it was things like that and, and, uh, very, you know, it, it, funny and interesting, like all the, all the characters who wear dark things. What if all of these, you know, Black Panther, Shroud and, and Cloak were fighting each other in a closet and it was just a black panel, you know, <laughs> it, it was things like that. I mean, it, it was very funny, very clever. They really, uh, got a lot of different people to work on it, um, but that was, and, and then there was actually a comic called What the. Yeah, yeah, that was which late eighties, which was a comedy yeah. magazine. But at the same time, not magazine, it was comic size. But at the same time, it yep. was kind of a what if, in that they were just skewering everything though. Like they were, yeah. they were making fun of themselves and making fun of event uh-huh. comics and making fun of making fun of things that maybe we didn't even know they should be making fun of because, like, wait, you're you're just uh-huh. making fun of. The fall of the mutants. Like you're you're making fun of <laughs> all of your characters dark. dying. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual topic that we're here to talk about, which is what if from the Bible? Now, what does that mean? Well, it's something that Evan brought up in our group, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot in some of the things that I was teaching at church, which is what if things were done differently by characters in the Bible? What if uh, for example, the one I'm going to throw out that I had been specifically thinking about was because I'm teaching about Jacob and Esau, or was teaching about Jacob and Esau. And I was just thinking about how, you know, when they were in the womb, God told their mother that the younger will rule over the older. Like, mm-hmm. God told her that. 
And then when they got older, she decided, you know what? I heard that. I'm going to take things matters in my own hands and I'm going to make it happen. And so she does the whole thing where they they put the goat skin on Jacob's arms and Jacob brings in the stew that his father had asked for so he could give the blessing to Esau. Esau was out hunting for the the animal that was going to be the stew and and Jacob goes in and they do this whole deceitful thing and then Jacob has to split because Esau wants to kill him and it's all really messy and yucky and awful <laughs> and I I just can't help thinking like what would have happened if they had if Jacob had just sat back and let God take care of things. Like yeah. was, was God saying this is going to happen because I know you're going to do all this awful stuff or was God saying this is going to happen and just let it happen. And instead they did all these awful things to, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, God has a plan and we're going to help it along. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and so what would have happened if it hadn't been that way? Would God have not told them it was going to happen if they wouldn't have done this? Or was God just going to make it work out? Because Esau was on his way to disgracing the family anyway. And yeah, it just, what if, what if, and part of the reason I can't help saying what if stories about the Bible is I can't help looking at what if with my own life, you know, like what if I had done this mm-hmm. different, if I had done that different. Definitely. And, and that plays into some of the time travel stuff we've talked about before too, about changing something in your life and that. So, yep. but Evan, you brought this up because you had thought mm-hmm. about like, what would this, how would this work as a, a, a comic about the Bible? Um, you brought up a number of questions yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Cause I thought I was watching a Samson cartoon with uh, my daughter and I'm just thinking, man, like, what if Samson had just been, you know, faithful and proactive in being a judge of Israel instead of just being reactive and kind of being a bum, you know, <laughs> and, and not a very smart bum. Um, it, you know, he could have he could have really been like a Superman type hero character. And so that's what got me thinking about it. And so. <sighs> This is going to be a fun topic, I think, but also I was thinking of it as a comic series because some of these, it's like, well, what if this had happened? Well, then that would happen, and that's the like, the end of the conversation. You know, like, <laughs> what, what what if there had been ten people in Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, then God would not have destroyed the city. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to do a, you know do a story about it and flesh out the consequences instead of, you know, just saying, but some of these are, are, are good things to talk about too. And like we've said with the, you know, DC Marvel stuff, uh, sh- talking about like the, what ifs, like what if this had happened or it didn't happen, it highlights what did happen and why it had to happen that way and how God orchestrated things, uh, you know, according to his plan, despite the sinful world that humans uh, brought into existence. Well, and so, go ahead. I was going to say, your Samson one, what's interesting about that one is how it highlights who he is. Okay, so you have the Samson that existed, who was all those things you were talking about. 
And your what if in some ways highlights how uh, um, I think a misunderstanding a lot of people have about Samson, which is that he wasn't, you know, Prince Adam and He-Man, you know, rolled into one where he's like this great <laughs> and 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 honorable hero. He He wasn't. He wasn't great and honorable at all. He really wasn't a great guy. Um, what does it come down to? You know, we could talk about that, but it just, he did these things that were not, not responsible <laughs> and then had to fix them, you know, and then, um, hedonistic, selfish, yeah. uh, just not, not a man who plans ahead. But you know what? What <laughs> if, what if the Philistines said, instead of trying to kill him, let's try to get him on our side. <laughs> because he doesn't he doesn't really you know do much with with his people he likes our women yep. so instead of just you know being antagonistic and you know hey how can we kill him what if they said yeah hey samson <laughs> you know come on over here we'll set you up with whatever you want and all of a sudden he's fighting for them you know, that that's an interesting what if for sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that the, the actual story of Samson highlights, though, is at the end, you know, the, there's this Hebrew word, jiborim, jiborim, gibberim. I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly because I learned it from reading. But it's this <laughs> it's idea a of a hero who is a hero because he relies on God. And Samson would not be considered that until the end of his story, because after mm-hmm. his hair was cut and he's put into the dungeon and his eyes are gouged out. That's when he calls out to God and trusts in God instead of in his own strength. And, you know, he did all the stuff he was supposed to do to keep his strength, but it was at the end where he wasn't just acting in the way he was supposed to do the things he was believing in what was right. going on and believing in God and, and trusting in God. And then that's when he got his strength without his hair. And I mean, he might've had a little bit of hair, you know, maybe some stubble or something, whatever, but yeah, his hair he grew back, yeah. you know, brought the house down and it wasn't his hair that gave him the strength to bring the house down. It was God, right. you know, and, and they make a point of saying the fit that the last deed he did was greater than all the other deeds he did throughout his whole life. Yeah. And, you know, that that's saying something about, you know, the state of his belief and and what God was doing at that time. Absolutely. Awesome. And so would would the what if story for Samson, what if he was this honorable hero from the beginning, would it be as powerful if he was just squeaky clean Superman? <laughs> well, it would it would if he was trusting and relying on God from the beginning and giving him the glory for it. You know, yeah, but we don't get the this transformation story is what I'm saying. Yes. Like this this transformation right. story, God used him. You know, God used him when he was a adult, <laughs> and God used him also when when he actually did trust in. And it to me, that's one of those stories where it's like, you know what, God can still use us. God uses sinful people, and God prefers us not to sin. Absolutely. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, we can't change his plans. We can't change his promises through our actions, but he will still 
allow us to be a part of his plans and his promises, even in our sinful nature. And, and that's actually the, the point I came to with, with, uh, Jacob and Esau, and then also looking at Isaac and looking at these people who are a part of the covenant for Abraham who are doing these sinful things, but those sinful things don't stop the promise and don't stop the covenant that, that God made. And it's really interesting to, to look at that. This has been fun and exciting for me to be studying them. We're, we're going through Hebrews 11 at our, at our church is what it comes down to. And so looking at all these guys in quick succession, but then also taking a look at their faith and taking a look at their humanity and their sinfulness and, and just seeing God still moves and used them and love them. You know, it's not just that he used them. He loved them too. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of these what ifs, Evan. Okay. Throw us a what if another one. Okay. And before we go into this, uh, we, I wanted to put a disclaimer on here and uh, we acknowledge God's sovereignty, you know, in the real world and that all these historical events couldn't have happened in any other way than how they really happened. Uh, what we're doing is just for fun uh, and speculation. You're, you're giving away the conversation, though. I mean, this is <laughs> we're going to come to that point, I think, a lot well, in this in this conversation. I, I hope so. I just want people to know that. OK, <laughs> okay so, all, right, all right. All right. So here here's the first one. And I'm just going to go in chronological order here. What if Adam and Eve had never sinned? None of us would be what? sitting here together on microphone because we wouldn't be born. Why wouldn't we be born? Dude, do you know how it works? Like all of the different things that come into play for a person to be the person they are. This is yeah. why time travel stories where the people are just themselves, but a little bit different, just don't work. <laughs> because there's all these different factors you have to figure in, including the miracle of life, which we learned about in fourth grade. Well, we wouldn't be us the way we are now, but it's highly possible that Adam and Eve would have had children who had children who had children and the same exact children know, for well, generation upon generation upon generation, the same number of child, like, you know, whatever number we are, you know, 50 billion or 20 billion or whatever it is, there's, it's highly possible that the generations would have kept rolling and someone with our same number would have, have existed. Yes. But they wouldn't look like me or you or act like me or you or have the interests that you and I have. Um, it wouldn't be us. Right. Genetically, the DNA will be different. The personality will be different. Um, and it honestly, have, it I wouldn't have been Adam and Eve either. Well, but I also think that, we wouldn't have as many people just on earth because they'd be a lot more responsible because no one's dying. Mm. <laughs> and so, but then again, maybe we'd have space travel for 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Imagine yeah. that. We'd all be naked. Uh, That'd be interesting. Uh, we would. Not we would. necessarily. <laughs> I mean, we might've just, you know, gone to colder climates and said, Hey, you know, it just feels better when, we have some sort of covering. I don't know. I think probably the pre-sin bodies could just be in whatever temperature and be fine. 
Oh, see, now you're taking too many steps with this what if thing. I, you know, it's, you're the one who's like going all these cold places. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the other thing is there, and there, we won't have this for every single one of these, but we do have some what ifs uh, that we've been reading where yeah. there's people who didn't die and didn't sin. You know, we have the green lady from Paralandra, which we haven't done an episode about yet, but we plan to. And we have Malacandra, Mars, from Out of the Silent Planet, which is an unfallen planet. Yeah. And so that's a little yeah, so, C.S. Lewis playing with what ifs. And yeah. And the the concept of um, like elves, for instance, in uh, in Lord of the Rings, a lot of those concepts where people didn't die. I mean, they I think they call themselves the cursed race because they didn't have that natural death. And a lot of the Christian writers um, or people writing in the Christian, you know, uh, worldview, the Christian uh, sense that a lot of Christian, that a lot of writers wrote back then, even if they weren't Christians, um, they were exploring, you know, what if, sorry about that. What if uh, there was these beings that didn't experience a natural death? And how how terrible that would be, <laughs> you know. So because and, who wants is... to live forever, as Queen asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, the princes of the universe, I guess. <laughs> now you're taking all these steps, Steve. Putting two songs together, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we will rock you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just non sequitur. So, but do you think? Do you think there would be? buildings you know and, and things like that so it'll be structures uh, I mean, yeah I, th- I think so i think that it would be uh, practical stuff you know yeah it, it would be okay so hey you know what i've noticed i've noticed there's a lot of food over there and it'd be nice if it was over here so <laughs> yeah. let's let's uh but I, I do think any structures that would be made it, they would figure it out easily they'd figure out the best way for it to work and mm-hmm. and this is the other thing that this is kind of getting into what ifs about heaven as well. Like what what is heaven going to be like? But I think work would bring pleasure. Work would be a pleasure. Yeah, right. You know, and not the thing that it is now, where it's 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 a chore. <laughs> it's, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think right. one of the 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 great what ifs in the Bible is um, Esther. Where she she could have chosen not to go into the king, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 uh, Mordecai says basically, you know, well, what if you didn't, you know, if you didn't, God will still carry out what He needs to do, and but, you won't escape. Yeah, punishment. exactly. You won't escape, <laughs> and and the glory won't be on your house. It'll it will be for God, just like it it always was for God, but you know. You do the the thing that you need to do. You be faithful, and God will work out all that other stuff. You know. So if you don't do it, then shame on you. God will still, God will still accomplish what He needs to accomplish. That's what I like about that one. You bring it up as a what if, but that is one where the what ifs are explored within mm-hmm. the story itself. Like yeah. it just it just yep. says. Well, what if? What if we don't? And and Esther had to deal with that. That's one of those where when Esther's dealing with it, she's 
she's doing the what if game where she's looking ahead at all the different branches that could, you know, in front of her, the, the way that the decisions and choices will branch out. Um, but they are, they are exploring and saying, well, what if, what if, and Mordecai absolutely is recognizing the sovereignty and power of God and saying, but I think for, for the difference here is Mordecai didn't, wasn't prophesying that Esther was the one. I, I don't get the indication that it's this covenant that God says Esther has to do this or, right. no, you know, that's not the issue. The right. issue is Mordecai's looking at the situation and saying, well, what if you were put here for this time? Right. And he acknowledges like, look, God made promises to our people and he's going to fulfill them and he could do it through you. And if it's not going to be through you, it's going to be somebody else. But uh, it's not going to go well for you if you try to, you know, chicken yeah. out. Yeah. But the other the other side of that is it's it could be through you. So you should do this, but it also might not. <laughs> you might try this yeah. and, and die, you know, like you're, True. you're yeah. taking a risk because again, I don't feel like the, the narrative of that story does not present anything to me that says Mordecai had a prophetic knowledge of what would happen. Mm, right. Mordecai has a sense of things. Mordecai looks at the situation and says, well, this is a good situation. You are here in a spot you don't like. I don't want you to be here, but what if you're here for this time? And yeah, and she was. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, God is never like, he's never mentioned by name in that story, but you could just see him doing stuff like, all the coincidences, oh, yeah. quote unquote, that happen. Like Haman ends up throwing Mordecai a parade that he wanted for <laughs> himself. Like that's just brutal. <laughs> how, how awesome was that? Yeah. I know. <laughs> and of course that, you know, the gallows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Mordecai. it's all just, it's all orchestrated. You, oh, can't, man. you can't make that stuff up. Yeah. Well, you could, but yeah, you can't, it's not as exciting. That's, you know, whenever I read anything, that has a miraculous event and it's a fictional story. Okay. <laughs> That's no, no, cool. And, and that, you know, but then you read a real story, a true story with a miraculous event. And you're like, Oh, well, yeah. What I, was, what I mean is like, I guess what I really meant was when you read the story, it, it, it does reek of something that someone is making up. Somebody's plotting this. <laughs> You know, plotting the story, and yeah. it's got. Yeah. You know, he's got the plan. It's very interesting. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things too. But when, when you, it's like truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone told you a year ago that everything is going to be shut down for a year, you know, within a month, everything is going to be shut down in a year, you'd be like on the whole planet. Exactly. You'd be like, okay, yeah, well, what movie are you watching? You know, okay, is is that a Netflix thing? But, and you wouldn't, but we just lived through it. You know, now if if someone writes a story where everything is shut down for a year, people are going to be like, yeah, what else you got? (laughs) So, you know, and that's a fantastic thing about the Bible and prophecies and things like that is, I mean, it just, it keeps going back and proving the Bible. 
it keeps proving its its veracity. You know, the whole thing. So it's it's just it's an amazing thing that we have that and and you can open up the Lord of the Rings, like I said, you know, and there's like prophecies in there, quote unquote, and you know things that are, and but it's a story, and the only reason why they even work in the story is because we have the Bible because people understand that, you know, when you, when you lose that perspective, you know, people are like, Oh, is the prophecy? Oh, well, it it could, it could come true or it could not come true. Oh, it's probably trick trick words or something. Oh, it probably is like a genie. And you know, it's, it, it becomes this weird, crazy thing. But when you have that, that actual prophecy that actually works, you know, and, and proves the whole, thrust of the bible because it happened hundreds of years before maybe even thousands of years before then you can write these stories and they 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 can still pop even though your prophecies are only prophecies inside your book you know well what makes a prophecy like a tolkien prophecy what makes it pop is he's clever you know right and you appreciate the cleverness what makes it pop in the the bible is just this is sovereign god moving Right. And, yeah. and, and not only that, he's not stopping. Like we mm-hmm. still get to be a part of God's story. Yeah. Like it's, it's still playing out now. It's not being written in, you know, the new, new, new Testament, but it is still playing out and we're, there, we get to be a part of it. There's a new, new, new Testament. <laughs> no, there's not. That's what I'm saying is there's not one. <laughs> that's right. Like that's we're, right. It's not, that's not what's happening right now. We're not, we're not right. seeing another Testament getting, done here because you know new testament old testament new covenant yep. from the old covenant it, that's done you know it's right. it's done the covenant's been taken care of and and we but we are a part of that you know and as history is pointing to uh f- as old testament history points forward to the messiah and as current history points back to the messiah uh we get to be a part of that and that's something that i love to talk about when when i get to teach uh, my my kids at church is uh, we have, you know, this verse here, it's talking about you, you know, it's mm-hmm. still happening. And, and this is a promise to us and, you know, not every promise is a direct promise directly to us, but every promise in the Bible is a promise where we get to see God keeps his promise, you know? And so this one where he, he gives it to Jacob, guess what? That just shows us he does what he says he's going to do. And when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And, you know, he's promised to love us. He's promised to never leave us. He's promised to be with us. And, you know, those are promises we can rest on because we can see these other things that he's done before in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, Evan, you got another one for mm, us? I do. What if more people in Noah's time, had listened to him. You're going to need a bigger boat. Actually, you <laughs> wouldn't, because there there were actually enough room on the ark for more people. For how many more people? Yeah. Well, I well, mean, there was, there was enough for at least eight. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, you have quite a few animals on there. They need room to move around, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Uh, two dozen people? Are they going to fit comfortably on there? Maybe. A hundred people? Probably not. Four <laughs> hundred? I, th- I think plus, one plus of the... Plus, you have to have all the food. 
for those people as well and the supplies. Right. But I, I think one of the the things that probably was very sad to be on the Ark is they had more room and it was mm-hmm. empty. You know, there were there were other rooms that could have been, you know, Noah probably said, hey, we have rooms for you people. You know, all you have to do is to f- listen to what I'm saying and believe. And, you know, I mean, if if they if they, all they made was eight rooms, it would be a little bit sort of, you know, on the nose, sort of <laughs> where it's like, you know, hey, you know, come and, and you know, listen to the, the God of, you know, hey, okay, well, what if we believe? Oh, man, we're going to have to build some more rooms. <laughs> no, so, you, just, you, have, you have to share a room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to sleep on the floor. You're, you're sharing a room with Ham over there, man. Sorry. <laughs> Where's Ham's wife going to sleep? <laughs> exactly. So I think there were, I think if you really... I think if you look at the ark the way God instructed Noah to build the ark and could understand exactly how many animals and how much food and how many people, I think it was probably like one third, one third, one third, you know, so they had one third filled with the animals, one third that would be for the food, for the animals and for the humans. And that even probably wasn't all taken up because they didn't have the whole one third uh, to to have full with human beings on it. It was just. I'm, I'm going to disagree, uh, and, and the I only disagree. reason this does not come from any special knowledge, and I haven't been to the Ark Encounter uh, in Kansas, not Kansas, in Kentucky. I haven't read the books from the Ark Encounter to tell us exactly how big this boat was and exactly how much room it was for exactly how many animals that they had. But I'm going to say that God had them build the bark, the ark to be the size it needed to be. And God knew that there weren't going to be any other people coming on that boat. God knew. I, I really, possible. I really do think that they, they would have had room for other people if other people were going to come, but it would have been part of the instructions that God gave them. To, to, to make it in a different way or to, to make a second one, you know, or, huh. or you know, have, <laughs> here's the people one, here's the animal one. And we also, <laughs> God gives instructions for how to make the rafts to go between them, you know, and stuff like that. If, <laughs> if there was, if, if it was going to be different, it, it would have been different. Like if the situation ter- changed, it would have been different. Now, that said, uh, that's the one you talk about how sad it was that there was possibly room for other people. I feel like that's the one thing that that oh, who's I can't remember who directed that Noah's Ark movie that we yeah, had. Was it really yeah. Scott? I uh, know really Scott did the Exodus one. So this was Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Um, his Noah's Ark movie. The one moment in that movie where I was sitting there and just feeling like, oh, my gosh, he has captured something here was when they yep. were in the ark and it just focused on them being in the ark and you could hear the people outside because when it started raining and flooding, the people changed their minds. Yep. Yeah. That was that. I feel exactly the same way, Ben, that that was the, one of the moments where I was like, this is probably exactly what it was like. Just haunting. Haunting. And I, I still remember that to this moment. It's interesting because I've, I've changed my tack on how I teach that story. Um, I, when I, t- when I teach it to kids, I tell them, you know what, this is not a good story. 
this is a sad, sad story because it it's about death. It's about sin, the consequences of sin, and it's about death. And yeah. and I I I pull punches, but I don't throw the soft punches that we get thrown. You know, where you have Noah's Ark as you know decorations in the preschool room of yeah, right. so many churches because it's it's animals, it's cute. And it's not. That story is not animals and cute. That story is brutal and it's it's sad and yeah, it it's yeah. it's a great story, don't get me wrong, you know, and I don't think we should not tell it to kids, but I think we need to not sugarcoat it. No. Yeah. There there's actually a whole exhibit in the Ark Encounter about that exact topic. <laughs> Very interesting. Yep. Um, all right, next one here. This one I think is very interesting, and I would want to flesh this out in a comic just to for our imagination's sake. There's a moment in Exodus where uh, Moses is up on the mountain getting the commandments from God, and the Israelites are down there, and they are breaking the commandments and they're making that golden calf and they're going to worship that. Uh-huh. And God comes to Moses and says, okay, your people are breaking their commandments. I'm going to go destroy all of them. And then I'm going to take you and I'm going to do what I promised Abraham for you. And Moses begs and pleads for him to spare their lives. And he does. But what if Moses didn't beg and plead and is just like, okay, <laughs> sounds like a good place you're god oh, i'm cool. not go ahead yeah what if what if god had destroyed the israelites and made moses into a great nation you know what makes that a really compelling question is is just what all the stuff that's going on in that story like was god did god truly intend to do that did god change his mind mm-hmm. you know when Moses said, please don't, please don't. And God relents, you know, that just, what's, what's going on here? What, what's being shown to Moses, taught to Moses, what's being shown to us and taught to us. Uh, it's, it's, it's such an interesting part of the story. Of course that, that gets skipped over a lot. I think partially yeah. it's hard to understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, who would he have made a nation out of? I mean, you know, I mean, if you look at who he made the nation out of in the first place, it was foreigners. You know, Abraham was from Ur, you know, near Babylon. So yeah. he, he, he wasn't a, 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 well, I guess he was archetypally a Hebrew because he was a, you know, son of Eber. <laughs> but he was the <laughs> father of the that, nation. I mean, that, that's the whole thing is Abraham had this original covenant. It wasn't that God was saying, hey, I'm going to graft you on to this new nation. It was God was saying, hey, I'm going to you know, number the sands, number the stars. That's your descendants. And you will be this great nation. And out of you will come one who blesses the world. Mm-hmm. So it's the beginning of that covenant is with Abraham. And it's Abraham's line. Abraham, Isaac. Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, and and on and on. Jacob to uh, it's not 
is it Ruben was the oldest? I can't remember now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just on and on through that line. And, and so, yeah, I mean, were they foreigners? Well, yeah, but God was giving them land that wasn't theirs. <laughs> I mean, for, foreigners to who? The Hebrews didn't exist exactly. before Abraham, you know? Exactly. So he's, he's, the, he's, he's point A, he's patient one or patient zero. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But they kept, you know, bringing people in and having them as as part of their nation. I mean, if you wanted to to be with them and you wanted to worship God in their way and everything, you could. You were you were a Hebrew. You you know you assimilate. You were grafted on. And, yeah. And exactly. Right, but it, it started and, and with even, Abraham. Exactly, and even with that, Moses is in that line. Yeah. So. Even if God had said, "Okay, yes, we're going to start it with you, Moses. Restart with you." Well, okay. He's still keeping the promise to Abraham. Technically, yep. he is. Yes, yep. it's still you going. Know. And it, Moses already had two kids and a wife. You know, mm-hmm. so he just he could have been just like, "Okay, go back to Jethro's house. And we'll we'll <laughs> work it out from there." there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just the thing: the covenant wasn't broken and wouldn't have been broken. If God had done that now, he didn't do that. And so the question is, was God saying that, I mean, it, it, you know, is this a moment where it's like, uh, Abraham and Isaac, you know, where Abraham's going to sacrifice Isaac because God's saying, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do right now. And, yep. you know, it, that it, it just, I just don't understand what's going on in that story. And <laughs> it's, I think, I think one of the, the main things is that, if he had done that and started over with Moses, he would have been keeping the promise that he made, but what he would have been showing to the nations is that he is a much more terrible God. And, you know, he's, he's going to wipe out 99.9% of, of terrible in the sense, terrible in the sense of, uh, you know, scary and holy, not terrible in the sense of he's bad at his job. T- terrible in in the like a vicarious, not a vicarious way, in in a capricious way, you know, in in a way that it's like you know, well, what's what's going to happen next time? Is it going to be that they ate the wrong food, and then you wiped out you know ninety nine percent of them? What about? I mean, they technically, wore, Steve, wore... technically everything started because they ate the wrong food. So, yep. you know, Adam and they Eve. Well, <laughs> yes. I'm, just, I'm just saying that. You know, it, but okay, they they wore clothes made of two different fabrics, and you're going to wipe out 99 percent of them, and it would be like, what? How do how? Why would we want to worship your God when it just seems like on a whim he's going to destroy, you know, 99 percent of you? I don't yeah, but know, that's, but, but that's perception. That logic. Yeah, that, that's 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 perception. Yeah. You know, because one of the things that I do look at and see here is the seriousness of the covenant. God's right. keeping his covenant with his people, but his people are not keeping their covenant with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so whatever else, for whatever reason that God actually had this conversation with Moses, which I, again, I just, I don't understand it. It doesn't make it bad. It doesn't, you know, I, I just, I don't, I can't grasp what's happening here. Yeah, we don't know and, God's internal Right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but all of that aside, we are seeing absolutely 100% God saying, this is serious, Moses. Mm-hmm. They are doing wrong 
I have a promise to you. I have a promise to you to uh, carry at some, someone's here is actually in the line of the Messiah, you know, someone in that area right there doing these bad things, but they're breaking their covenant with me. Mm-hmm. They're not following me. And, and so if nothing else, I see the seriousness of it here. Again, I see the, there's sin and there's consequences of sin and there's very real world practical consequences of sin. And then of course there's the, the spiritual relational consequences of sin as well. And so I, I can't pull all the strings and who knows the mind of God, you know, like, like you were mm-hmm. saying, Evan, like that's kind of the, the bottom line there, but. And also Moses was from he wasn't from the line of Judah, I don't think. Right. So, you know, the the prophecy of the the line from Judah wouldn't come true. Well, and the that prophecy was made later after Moses's time. So, another thing that, you know, we would if this was to be a comic book, a what if we would say in there uh in each of these scenarios, whatever we're describing or seeing, in this alternate universe, it would have been God's plan all along, you know. Oh right, yeah. God has a plan, and right. obviously, the way things turned out was exactly according to His plan, and the prophecies that were made were were fulfilled. But in this alternate version, if He had, uh, you know, destroyed everybody but Moses' family, perhaps the future prophecies wouldn't have, you know, included Judah because Judah and his family are dead. <laughs> and, and this is this is why it would be very difficult for me to be able to sign on and say, yeah, I want to write these. It's right. just because there'd be so much there's there's so much uh, in the promise and in the prophecies and in just each step along the way where and this is where you can get into free will or predestination and all that kind of thing, uh, because you're seeing things happen where either God is just looking from his perspective where he's able to see all of time and he's able to say, I'm going to start this little thing over here. And then that's going to set off the chain of events that are going to lead us over here to the end result Messiah who is going to save the world from, from their sin, you know, and, and he's recognizing and seeing these things along the way and seeing this, this little bump along the way with Moses and, and Moses and the people. Yes. And, he, is, and, he is sitting in front of the giant laptop of heaven looking at Windows Movie Maker, and he can see the whole timeline, the beginning and the end, all at the same time. And, yeah. And so that's where you know, you know, I hear conversations where they're – oh, man, I got so irritated. I, I overheard a conversation of camp counselors at a camp that I was running, and it's all these college guys just discovering for the first time these conversations about free will and predestination. And I'm listening to them and it means so much. It means so much to them that they get their argument out and, and that they prove their argument is right. And I'm just listening. I'm like, you guys got it wrong. And you know how I know you got it wrong. (laughs) You got it wrong because you're a human being, you know, like uh, I could join in this conversation too. And, and it might be a fun conversation to have, but I'm at a point right now where I'm just like, I know I, I know that I know more right than I did before, but I'm also pretty certain 
that I have more wrong than I have right. And that there's a long way to go. And, and that, you know, hopefully God is working in me and, and, and building wisdom, you know, along the way, as I go along wisdom's building. Um, but you have this whole free will predestination thing where if it is free will, God is working around it and using it, you know, for his plan. And if it's all predestination, then obviously God is just moving everything into place and, and our decisions aren't even really our decisions, which is why I tend to lean toward the free will side of things because I do believe. And the thing is both, both sets of language are in the Bible. So it's some sort of combination that we can't fathom. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And so I do believe that our choices have, I I do believe our choices matter is what I'm saying is I believe our choices matter because God lets us choose. But then you have people who are like, you think that your choice actually matters in the grand scheme of things? Well, no, I'm not changing God's plan or anything like that. It's I nothing that God has said is going to happen is going to change because of something I do or don't do. But I do think he allows me to choose to be a part of it or not. And yeah. And like, and like we said with this, what if stuff, what God said is going to happen, but like your question with Jacob and Esau, how is it going to happen? You know, is, is that predestined and set in stone? We know that God will make the thing happen, but how do we get there? Is that, you know, cause it, what if Jacob had, sat back and, and did what he, you know, let God handle it. It's what God said would happen would still happen. Yep. It just would be a different, yeah. a different story, you know? And, and it would have been, whole, I would assume a lot less painful story. Yeah. Hopefully for them, you know, I mean, that was, a, that was awful. If you look at all the details that are happening in that family, I mean, there's just bad stuff happening and there's generational consequences happening in there too. And you just see these, these poor relationships and and poor decisions and yeah yeah but then you look at joseph and joseph says what you intended for evil god used for his good right you know and and that's i think that's where a lot of what ifs would land as well (laughs) is god's god's good is going to happen yep and whatever we could possibly think be able to tweak a Bible story to make it, you know, sound better or, you know, whatever. God gets more glory out of, I mean, infinitely more glory out of his plan and everything in his story than we could ever come up with. So, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's the, one of the the things with, when you have a what if story, you can't, you can't, get any better than what God has out there for us. Correct. But let's and try. Think... Evan, give us another one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think we're trying to make it better. We're just right. it's a thought experiment. You know? right. All right. I got two more for you. If you're up for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. What if Solomon had asked for something else other than wisdom? Cause God shows up and he says, Solomon ask whatever you want. And it's yours. <laughs> that's like the only person that's ever been given that kind of wish. It's like a blank check. <laughs> and what if he had said so, something else other than wisdom? So what's well, fun what about this one? Said, 
Go ahead, Steve. What would you have said? Like we could each write our own. I mean, everyone could write their own thing. Cause I could say, what if he asked for superpowers? And Ben would say, what if he asked for seeing the future? And you know, uh, Evan, you could say, what if he asked for, you know, inventing coffee or something? <laughs> so, I mean, this is one of those things where it, it's, it's infinite the amount of stories that could come out of just this one thing. It is. It is. But that's what makes it interesting is, mm-hmm. you know, the interesting question here would be, so what would he ask for? Right. You know, and, right. and what else could he ask for? Because ultimately, Solomon's already a very wise man, you know, and and so asking for wisdom, that happened because the guy's wise. Yeah. <laughs> but also because this is a guy who had everything. Quote unquote, you know, what do you get? What do you get for the guy who has everything? They're talking about Solomon when they ask that question, you know, he had (laughs) it all and, and more and, and he had things he didn't need, you know, and and this is where his answer reflects on his wisdom because he's realizing what, what, what is the one thing that we could use more of? And it's actually, it's kind of going back on, on what I was just saying earlier about hopefully I'm growing, you know, hopefully I'm becoming more wise as, as time goes on here. And, and that, you know, this is the one thing, the one thing that truly matters. I mean, he could have asked for, you know, more grace within his spirit for his, his spouse or something like that, Uh you know, or spouses, many, many, many spouses. (laughs) Uh, But, but, but the point being, it's such an interesting question such an interesting answer that he actually gives, but Steve, you, you hit it. There's so much potential for that. What would a wise man ask for if not more wisdom? Yeah. You know, and, and that's where this story would be able to reflect on what, 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 what would it be? What could it be? What could it be? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I tell you what I would have wished for. Yeah, I would. I would have wished for two things. I would have said, either I would have, either I would have wished for superpowers, or, or <laughs> I, I would wish for a uh, a little sensor that would help me know definitively right from wrong in like gray areas in my life, <laughs> so that I could not agonize over it. You know, maybe that maybe that just is what wisdom is. It's an internal sensor, you know, it lets you actually, you're not wrong. Yeah. You know, like so, <laughs> but I would prefer, I would prefer visual aid, you know, with that. <laughs> yeah. Like a little, like just a, imagine a red or, or, or green light over, over everyone's head or whatever, <laughs> you know, with I, my decision, is it red or green? I'm just imagining Solomon though. He's like, so I'm going to imagine that in the future, There are these things that actually work automatically using some form of force that comes perhaps from an energy source similar to lightning. And that this thing would, these things would get smaller and smaller and smaller. And so I'm going to wish for a very small variation on these things that allows me to connect with my own soul to be able to see what's right and wrong. <laughs> I don't want it to connect with my own. So I want it to connect with the Holy spirit. No, you so want it to, I'm... you want it to connect your soul to the Holy spirit. Yes. So yes. that you can, but the Holy spirit is using the device to blink red or green. 
Correct. So that you're. you're I would love one soul. of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said two things though. What was the other? Superpowers. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go the route of like the. I would wish for perfect love and harmony and <laughs> infinite more wishes. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, I've I've thought about this question a lot. Like, if God ever came to me and said that, and I. I would be it would be so difficult for me not to say superpowers. Like I would need so much self-control to to not say superpowers. So the first thing out of your mouth is gonna be, um, okay, uh, I, I know what I should wish for, God, but can I actually get two, please? Like, like I know the one I'm going to do. I, I know what I'm gonna do over here. It's this device thing, you know. But, yeah. but I would like a second if you'd be so kind. And like Gideon. When he says, don't be mad. Please don't be yeah, mad. But one more time. Do one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gideon, that's another time. man. Talk about Gideon's another one of those stories where it's God is going to, I'm going to use you, Gideon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but God, I'm going to do stuff that makes me look stupid. Yes, I know. Yeah. Well, I'm I gonna, love, I love the opening. I'm going to use that. you anyway. <laughs> I love the opening to the interaction between God and Gideon. Where he's like, Hey, mighty warrior. Yeah, and Gideon's yep. literally hiding. <laughs> Me, cowering for his life at that moment. <sighs> yeah, no, but awesome. that's that's God. I mean, it's not a not presented as a promise, and it's not presented as a as this covenant thing, but it is God saying, "This is what you're going to be." Yeah, like yeah. hints at what what the plan is already. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not yeah. just sarcastic and, and kind of insulting. It is, <laughs> it is. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just that. You know, he's he's yeah. saying. Hey, mighty warrior, I'm being sarcastic right now, but guess what? In a couple months, not sarcastic anymore. Yep. All right. I got one more. And this one I think will be very interesting uh, to talk about. And it might be the most uh, controversial one. Uh, What if Israel had recognized the Messiah when he came? (laughs) So this is one where I look at and say, yeah, you have to do a lot of caveats on this one because you'd have to say in the Old Testament, there weren't any of the prophecies that he would be rejected. Like the, (laughs) The prophecies that state different parts that are a part of him being the Messiah. Uh, We we can't use them all from the Old Testament in order to tell this story because like we said, it would be it would be different prophecies or whatever in in this fictional universe. Or, I mean, some did, you know, it it wasn't all of Israel was like a hundred percent written off. So what's, what's the balance here? I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was 1% and then it, you know, it started to grow among the the Jewish people and then it grew out to the Gentiles. But what percentage are you talking about? Well, let's, let's just throw one in the mix that changes everything. And that's Caiaphas. Yeah. Like what? If, so, what if Caiaphas, the high priest, had said, "You know what? You are the Messiah. I believe you," and then he would have backed Jesus to the rest of the council, the Sanhedrin, and then they would have backed Jesus to Pilate. Maybe you know who knows? Well, they wouldn't have had to because they took him to Pilate. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was well, I'm sure they would have. Caiaphas's lead to take him to the to Pilate because they they were calling for it, and and I don't think they would have been calling for his life. They may not have even arrested him if Caiaphas was going along with it. 
you know, it, it could be so, this could be such an interesting <laughs> thought experiment because, you know, obviously all the disciples and, and, and most pretty much everybody who followed Jesus didn't understand, you know, what he was really supposed to be doing. Um, and they, they thought, you know, now's the time to be, to set up the kingdom and overthrow the Romans, you know, and so that, that might be a part of the conversation, but then if they are recognizing him as the Messiah and they're not going to be arresting him and handing him over to be killed, would Jesus have to sit them down and have a frank conversation and be like, look, you're going to just have to kill me. You know, I, I I think, so what, what, what could have possibly happened is if the Jewish leaders accepted him, then you are looking at a situation where the Jewish leaders are accepting a revolutionary. And then you might have a situation where maybe Pilate would have had to step in. But Jesus and, wouldn't have wouldn't have allowed them to do that because they tried to forcefully make him king that one time. And he's like, nope, I'm out. That's not how it's supposed to go. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe that would have happened again with these guys. But if they are following him, especially if the leaders are following him, you would have had a situation where. King Herod, the whatever number he was, the, not the one from the, the birth story, but the one from the Easter story. King Herod is saying, uh-oh. Uh, and Pilate is looking at Herod and saying, oh, we've got this guy over here who even the religious leaders, who they don't agree on anything, with you know, but they're following. Um, you'd have – I think you might have Pilate stepping in way- and saying, okay, we're going to squash this now before too many more people – in, with too much power are following this guy. I don't know. Cause I think, I mean, sure. If Pilate or not Pilate, if Herod was throwing things into the mix, he's got, you know, political clout or whatever, but is, you know, as far as I understand the, the Romans did not care about internal Jewish religious matters, you know? And yeah. If, but they did care about insurrectionists. Right. But if, if people are following a revolutionary who doesn't want to be a revolutionary, is it going to turn into anything that's going to be needed to be addressed? You know, I don't know. Like I, if I'm Jesus just saying, keeps I, saying we're not taking over the country. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just like, that's not what this is about. <laughs> but that's what it became about. You know, that's one of the ways that they were able to get Pilate to take on the seriousness here is because, yeah, he says he's king. You know, he's, he's the king of the Jews and, and that, that's what created some trouble there, um, or part of, part of some of the trouble. But I mean, this is, this is where, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a way to get to the point where he's going to be crucified, but you're taking the, is the Jewish people out of the mix, all of them out of the mix, obviously if it. There's... That's what I'm saying is like is would there be a way in this fictional scenario that the death of Jesus is a a willing sacrifice scapegoat situation where yeah. he literally takes the takes the place of the scapegoat in the Jewish rituals and he explains it all to him and they just kill him. Well, I, I gave it to you, but you you denied it. <laughs> like I, I gave I gave you Pilate. Like I, I said, no, pilot could step in and like, 
No, like that. That's still taking. That's still using human ignorance to to kill him. I'm saying, what if Jesus explains this to the Jewish leaders? Like, look, I'm here to die and rise again. Like, because that's what he says to the disciples. He says it like a couple of times to them. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. They're like, what does he mean? (laughs) Like, but but he had to be sacrificed. And if if the if if Israel had said, okay, yes, you are a Messiah. Now we are going to sacrifice you. Well, they don't do human sacrifices. So I don't know. It wouldn't it yeah, wouldn't it, have worked. I mean, and and also we we would have to rewrite a lot of the prophecies we're talking about here. Well, that's, yeah. we you know, I mean, that's, that's that's the the other thing that just again kind of makes you feel a little uncomfortable um with like I'm I'm not going to write this story. <laughs> You know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm not writing a comic book about this one. I I don't I don't think anybody would publish it. <laughs> oh, I think what would be yeah, I think but what would be Zondervan is, wouldn't. But I think but, no, I but Harper Collins might. Yeah, oh, I think okay. what would be fun is is if people said you know let's take the Solomon story, and you know just for that one character for that one time, what if Solomon asked for something else? You know, if 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 anything, that would be a fun series to write. Yeah, it's you get into tricky waters when you're rewriting the actual acts of God and Jesus, yeah. right? You know, <laughs> so it's like, what if Jesus turned the water into, you know, something, you know, beer? I mean, it just kind of be like, uh, well, but here's here's the yeah. thing, you know, we're saying this. What if, what if, you know, leaders followed? Because I mean, this is where you. I'm not saying we are having this issue, but this is where there is this very anti-Semitic thing built into the Easter story when it's told as the Jews killed Jesus, you know, right. Is that true? Yes. But were there a lot of Jews who didn't want to kill Jesus? Yes. Probably more people didn't want to kill Jesus. I'm not saying more people followed him, but I'm saying more people wouldn't want to kill him than did want to kill him. But it also doesn't make sense for anybody to be anybody who believes in Jesus to be angry at the Jews for killing Jesus, because that was the plan. Right. You know, well, and, and that was, was supposed to happen. And then, and then there's the whole like Jesus was a Jew, exactly. You know, and so <laughs> as you're talking about this anti-Semitic thing, I don't get how someone can be anti-Semitic and a Christian. You you just yeah. cannot. You yeah. cannot. It, it, you can't hate anyone and be a Christian. Okay, but specifically, if you reject the Jewish people as Monsters and evil, which I when the more I read about antisemitism and its origins, and then some of the right. things that were believed about Jewish people, the more I'm just like, how did people think this was real? You know how? And, and I, the answer I, is this: this is a peep. This is the people of God, and they are. You know, God said, you know, people aren't going to like you. You know. <laughs> And bad things happen to them throughout history that because of who they were. And it just boggles my mind. I kid you not. I oftentimes forget that anti-Semitism is a thing because like all my heroes are Jewish people. (laughs) Like like (laughs) all, all the people in the Bible, every hero, every role model is a Jewish person. The people who invented Superman are Jewish people. Like, <laughs> even outside the Bible, my secular heroes are Jewish people. So it's like, 
I'm like, oh yeah, like some. I, I just always forget that that's a thing, especially that Christians or people who claim to be Christians could be. Yeah. So, so back that. to what I was saying then. Um, there were people on the council who were against this. You know, you you had who was it with uh, Joseph of Arimathea, or was Joseph on the uh, council? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Joseph and, was and on the council. He was secretly a follower of Jesus. You know, and, and Nicodemus. Nicodemus, yeah, he's the other one. And and there may have been more. Those are the two that we have named, and the two that actually have actions. It may have been just the two of them. But the point is, it wasn't just that everyone wanted Jesus dead. There were people who followed Jesus who had a voice. Maybe it was a too quiet of a voice in the, the midst of that night of the, the, the court trials that they had. But yeah, I mean, your question of what if more um, is an interesting question. But the truth is there were there were some. There were some who yeah. were there and had yeah. power, and then there were a lot who were there and didn't have power who were against it. And then there were a lot of people, I just, like I said, there, there were probably so many just regular citizens who were like, him? Why? They, they shouldn't kill him. I've heard good things about that guy. You know, they weren't followers, <laughs> but they, they, they definitely wouldn't have been like in on I it. I saw him come into the city, you know, a week before singing his praises yeah seems like a nice guy you know he's, he's <laughs> yeah. quiet helps people did you hear what he did for herb <laughs> <laughs> i i don't i don't believe what he did for her but but herb believes it you know yeah so. and the guy that he spit in the mud and then he rubbed the mud in the guy's eyes but that then was, the guy that was could herb. see that, that was herb remember <laughs> <laughs> herb the blind guy Herbert, you know? <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> See, what if that guy's name was Herb? So he, he, here's another big what if that I constantly think about, especially around Easter, and that is the whole Judas situation. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, what if Judas didn't do what he did? You know, and obviously it would rewrite the story. You know, and and he wouldn't. There's a prophecy about Judas in the scripture, you know, like in, in the Old Testament. Okay, so whatever, you know, what if? I don't know. I just know that I go back to that that guy so often in my thoughts, like just what was going on, and the what if he didn't do it is really just tied into the why did he do it, and that is so hard. Um, now, what I've fallen on in some of my research that I, I kind of like and just kind of sticks in my head is that he did it because he may have been trying to trigger the revolution. He may mm-hmm. have been trying to force Jesus's hand um, and and done so in a really awful, stupid way that <laughs> that was you know inspired by Satan rather than anything else. But um just that idea of he spent time with Jesus. He saw what Jesus did. He saw the heart of what Jesus was doing. So he didn't just see the power of Jesus healing Herbert. He saw the heart of Jesus healing Herbert. He was there. Now he was possibly stealing money along the way. I mean, they, they saw it. They, you know, he, so this is a guy who's thieving from Jesus too, but he was there and, and, and he did this. Now, then he turns and says, I shouldn't have done this. And the guys, are, we don't care. You, you did what we needed you to do. So keep your money and go. But, yeah. um, 
so he did he did have the turn but even that was it too little too late i mean i i just keep wondering about judas i just yeah yeah he's one that just sticks with me and i <laughs> i spent a lot of time thinking about the disciples you know and and i wrote a judas comic that was i found out i wasn't supposed to write because i was writing about the 12 disciples and then they were like Oh no, we don't want Judas's story. We want let's let's <laughs> wow. uh we're, we want the guy that replaced Judas. Let's get his story. Um, no, uh, seriously, that guy. And 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 understandably because then also ended up in a book called Martyrs. Judas was mm. not, you know. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but he he sticks with me, and and I just wonder. And again, it comes down to like so many stories in the Bible just the consequences of sin and the seriousness of sin. And, you know, he, he, he was caught in a very serious situation with a lot of consequence around it. Um, that's, uh, that's another, what if, what if Judas didn't do what he did? (laughs) Well, I think someone else would have, (laughs) and they may not have needed Judas to get to where Jesus was they may have been able to figure out where he was without Judas to go and arrest him at night in under mm-hmm. cover of darkness. But yep. Judas made it easier for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, cause once they, you know, it's hard to even tell who he was in the dark because everybody's got beards. Again, I think they would have figured it out. It just was a lot easier <laughs> for Judas to be able to be there and, and, and greet him with a kiss, but and Jesus was the one in the, the pure white robe with the blue exactly. sash. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe he's the guy that uh, made every, You know, the the one who was talking when we all fell over spontaneously. Maybe that's the one. <laughs> yeah. The one that bugs me the most isn't Judas. It's Anakin. That's that's the what if that always bugs me. I'm like, man, you're just making bad choices. Wait, so when you're, <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the Bible. No, I was going to say we we've stepped if, away from the Bible now, right? Yeah, like, actually, it actually was, does. You know where Anakin? If there name was a what from? if, if there was a what if that always nags me, it's the it's the Anakin what if. You know where Anakin's like, name comes from? No, the Anakim from the Bible who were large, like giant men. That's why Darth Vader is, is tall and his name is Anakin instead of Anakim. But yeah. That's where that's where the word came from. Also, in the second Ewok movie, we actually get a witch from Endor. <laughs> from the moon of Endor, right? Well, yeah, but but still it's a witch and it's Endor. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's alarming. Is Samuel there too? No, <laughs> Is there no, a character named no. Samuel? But Wilfred Brimley was. So almost as uh, good. Okay. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I've I've exhausted the list. All right. So I, if you have I, any more you wanna Yeah, I was gonna say, Steve, if you have one or two that we could play with, then then great. But if not, I think it's time to shut this one down. No, I have nothing else. All right. Well, final words, gentlemen. My final words come from the book of Romans, chapter 9. And let's see, where is it now? I had it. Okay, here it is. Um, 
chapter 9, uh, verses 22 through 24. And this is cogent because it starts, what if God, willing to show his, his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even whom he hath called, not only the Jew, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So there you go. What if that's in the Bible? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Those two words nice. are together in the Bible. <laughs> Got it. Have the final we, words. We, we we can edit that in post. <laughs> my my final words would be. Um, you know, I am thankful that God uses us even when we don't follow our magic beepers that tell us <laughs> to do right and wrong. And, uh, you know, he He works all things for the good of those who follow him and are called according to his purpose. So. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit with... Uh, Again, going back to Genesis chapter 50, where Joseph was talking to his brothers, they did all these horrible things to him. They threw him in a pit. They sold him as a slave. They lied to their father. He had a whole bunch of horrible things happen to him. And they eventually come to live with him in Egypt because he's, you know, second in command or as one of our teachers at, at church calls it. He was vice president of Egypt. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> All this happens and they're, they're okay with it, but you can kind of tell they're still a little bit on edge because when their father dies, they're like, oh, great. Like now that, now that dad's dead, Joseph is going to, he's going to moita us. And, and Joseph <laughs> says to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So don't be afraid. I'll provide for you and for your children. And this is just a man who witnessed firsthand God's providence, God's miracles, but he also experienced firsthand some of the the worst of humanity. And he's recognizing and just puts faith in the idea that what was intended for evil by people, God used for good to accomplish these good things. And lives were saved because Joseph ended up in prison with a dude who was Pharaoh's cupbearer and Pharaoh's cupbearer forgets about Joseph until the right moment. And then Joseph gets out of prison three years later to assist Pharaoh in helping people. And, and this is, again, we talk about this with um, predestination and free will. We talk about this with time travel stories where, you know, if, if we were to go back in time and change things in our lives, it would mess up so many other things, you know, where if I changed something when I was in sixth grade, it might make it so I never met my wife, you know, yeah. and, and things like that. And, and we talk about that with the knowledge we have of hindsight, but God, he does these things with, with foresight, you know, and he knows. And so, yeah, he's with us in this roller coaster where we're going up and down. There's evil, there's bad people let us down. We let people down. God never lets us down. And God, he loves us. And it's so amazing. We get to be a part of this plan that he has for this world. So that's my final word. Be encouraged. 
be encouraged because if you are following him, you are in the right place and you may not be doing the right thing. <laughs> and you may be still, you know, dealing with this sin issue or that sin issue. You may be dealing with this or that emotional issue. He's there though. He loves you and you get to be a part of his plan because he loves you. So that's, that's my final word. Be encouraged. And thanks for listening. <laughs> and, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-3780. And once again, thanks for listening. Herbert.